From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In today's episode, we talk to virgins and veterans about, well, what else? Burning Man, of course. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. Last Thursday, June 18th, on our blog, we broke the news that Paul Addis, the man convicted of destruction of property for igniting the Burning Man effigy before its scheduled conflagration in 2007, was granted parole in a unanimous vote from the Nevada State Parole Board. Almost a year ago, in June 2008, Addis was sentenced to serve as many as four years in prison and ordered to pay restitution by the Pershing County District Court in Lovelock, Nevada. A parole date has yet to be announced. There's a video from Scott Beale from LaughingSquid.com that features Addis talking about what he termed lighting a birthday candle that was taken on Labor Day a week after he torched the man. There's also an audio recording of Amaker Bullwinkle, a friend of Paul Addis, and in this recording she shares information of what she believed occurred regarding Addis's involvement in the early burn. It was recorded at Burning Man on Wednesday, August 29, 2007. For more information, just click on our show notes for this Burncast episode at burncast.tv. Next up on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is an announcement for two new video series being released on Burncast.tv. The first one is Diva Danielle's Burncast Events Vlog, in which she shares events that are happening in the Burner community that week. It usually comes out on Thursdays, and what's even cooler is that she often gives away free tickets to many of these events. In order to participate in the drawings, you're gonna have to follow both her and me on Twitter, and our handles are at Diva Danielle and at Burncast, respectively. I know some of y'all don't want to join another social network, but um, you don't have to participate in that social network. You don't have to go crazy on it. You just need to use Twitter to enter our contests. So be sure to check out Diva Danielle's events vlog that comes out every Thursday on Burncast.tv. Also new to Burncast TV is on Fridays, we're featuring a new video series of Burner Home videos. That's right, it's videos from burners within the community that shows their experiences at Burning Man. So far, we've had two really great ones. The premiere episode was by Hetty, entitled Burning Man 2008, The Amera I Can Dream. And the second one so far was by Jason Jason Say. I don't know how to say his name. Jason Siadek. Siadek. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. And anyway, his video is called Moonshot. Like I said, this one comes out every Friday up until this year's event, and you can see them all at www.burncast.tv or by subscribing to Burncast TV in iTunes. Now, if you see us in the iTunes store, there's a couple things to note. There's the Burncast podcast, and that's just called Burncast. And then there's the Burncast vidcast, and that's called Burncast.tv. There's also some Christian podcast, and that has even a bomb on its uh, cover art, and it has nothing to do with what we do, okay? And if you're in the iTunes store, hey, why don't you do us something really, really wonderful, and that is leave us uh, a review and hopefully leave us a positive one. Okay, that said, the Burncast Audio Podcast is transitioning into the Burncast vidcast. So basically, Burncast, the audio podcast, is going to self-destruct, um... 
pretty soon. I mean, I give it maybe 10 to 12 more episodes before the audio podcast was retired from active postings. So if you've enjoyed all the work I've done to bring the playa to you year round, I ask you to please show your appreciation by making a PayPal donation to burncast at gmail.com. There's a couple of PayPal buttons at our website at burncast.tv in which you can make a single, one-time donation, or if you're into it, make a monthly subscription payment. Whatever you decide, Burncast is always and forever free. Okay, that's it for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. Let's move on with today's episode that I've entitled Virgins and Veterans. We'll start with a few virgins I met under the base of the Green Man at Burning Man 2007 after the pavilion had been reopened following the repairs from the early burn. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Reese, and that's my first time on the playa. And uh, I've heard about this for years and years. As a professional artist, I wanted inspiration, so I came here to look around and see what I could see. I had no idea. The scale, it, it's, a, it's a 1 to 247 scale, I understand. In the real world, this would be much, much smaller. <laughs> Oh, I don't understand that. Can you explain that? Oh, you know how <laughs> models are built to scale? You know, instead of building an entire truck, you can get a little plastic model of a truck and build it on your desktop, you know? Uh-huh. This isn't, I get the feeling this isn't actually real. This is a model of some other, it, you've heard of parallel universes? Yes. This is a perpendicular universe. <laughs> it, it intersects our universe through a very thin slice of space and time located at this nexus called the planet. Excellent. You know, there's a camp here. I think it's, they said it was 158th scale. I've actually seen it. They got registered. It, their plot of land is 10 feet by 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's over by the booby bar. If you get a chance, just off the 3 o'clock plaza, you should really check it out. It's really fun. Right. And the Norwegians built it, these Norwegian burners who were unable to come this year, so they replicated their camp oh. in, in 158th scale. Oh, that sounds great. How fun. And they also bought tickets at 158th the price, and they, they were 158th side, and they got them at the gate for, yeah. And that sounds like a great idea. Well, actually, I think what would be good is to have, yeah, a little pocket Burning Man installations in every, you know, minor city. The major cities don't need it, but every minor city should have a tiny Burning Man located somewhere. It could geocache them. <laughs> okay, so how long have you been here? What day is it? Uh, today, it's uh, <laughs> today. Friday morning, August 31st, 10, 11 in the morning. All right, so we've been here three days roughly, is that correct? Something like that. Two and a half, three days, two days, you know, but it feels like seven. Well, six and a half. It's another dimension that's warping on him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when you got here, the man was already gone. Yeah, we heard about that, that, that he had been uh, taken out by, um, I heard it was Iraqi Arsons. terrorists, but I think that's a rumor. I do. I think it's Republican terrorists. It was the Yeah. <laughs> the insurgents? Well, I heard it was Gerlach himself. You know, the town is named after an individual. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, having never been to Burning Man, but knowing that the major icon of the event was burned, how did that make you feel? I realize now that the man that they burn actually has next to nothing to do with the event. It is a focal point for drinking goal attainment. But when I look around, there's so many more things that are unworthy of being burned, that get burned, that are bigger, that are more um, aesthetically pleasing, that resonate deeper into the collective consciousness. The Burning Man itself is a, a catalyst, but really not even that good a piece of art. Really? You don't think it's... Why not? We're taking a look at it now. It's got a phoenix on its face. So this is the Burning Man (laughs) 2.0. Every time I get burned out, I rise. I don't have a phoenix on my face. 
how does your what you thought Burning Man was going to be like compare to your experiences now? Well, I knew it'd be gritty. I didn't realize it would be as um, witty. There's a lot of wit here. There's a lot of humor, beauty. I kind of expected more of a fetishistic black leather Thunderdome sort of thread running wider through it, and I find out that that's really just a very small part of it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, big yay. There are fewer primary colors. Ah. <laughs> and now that you are kind of like phasing out of your virginity, uh-huh. what kind of advice would you have for other virgin burners? Wow. Um, I mean, the things that people tell you are absolutely true. Goggles and bandanas are so important. Bring your friends. That's the best part. And a bike. Yeah, that's, that's, I love the bike thing. We went through the thing today when you ride your bike through and it makes that noise. And then your friend rides their bike through and it makes another noise. And I don't know what this you is. You've got to go to it. It's Where really it? good. That direction. That direction. Yeah, okay. towards the derrick. So and what happens? It makes a noise and you go through. And, and so then if you get a bunch of you going through, you make a lot of noise. So the actual motion of the bike, it's like motion I sensor? I think there's magnetic yeah. or motion. Yeah, because it, it went off when you walked through it. There yeah. is a series of yeah. archways that look like showers pointing down, but there's no mud. Uh-huh. And then people think, cool, I'm going to ride through it. And, and all of a sudden it makes noise. So they go, whoa, and they turn around and they go back through. <laughs> okay. And you're, what was your name again? I'm Zephyr. Zephyr. All right. So this is your third year. But not consecutively? No, no. We took some years off and then pined for the playa. How, how many years altogether since your first burn? Or what was your first burn? 2001. Okay. You've seen some changes in the three times you've been here. Can you describe them? You know, it, it seems like there's way more vehicles and the same amount of people. There's a lot more Winnebago's <laughs> than campers. But the thing that remains the same that I really like is just that people get to bring cool stuff out here and put it up and there's always interesting art and there's always art that you kind of think, whatever. And I love the fact that they get to do all of it and they get to take it home. So... You've been here three times. Are you planning on coming back? Absolutely. What is it that brings you back? I like rough camping. <laughs> so you like dust storms and cold weather? And... It's, a, it's a good challenge, and I love the people that I hang out with, and I, I like the fact, you know, I love, I, like I said, I love the art and the installations, but I also like just the cementing of relationships that you get to have in a weird environment, too. I was trying to think of the two things to tell a virgin to bring that other people won't tell you to bring. Wider bike seat and lens tissue. Do you want to step it in the mic? Are you up for it? Good. Okay. You are good or not? What's that mean? Yes or no? <laughs> She's good, which means done okay. Fine. Okay. That was some virgins I met at the base of the Green Man at Burning Man 2007. Next up is a recording of two veterans that I met up with at the Temple of Forgiveness. Here we go. Okay, I'm standing here with some homies in the LA community who've been to Burning Man many, 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 many times. Wait a minute, was she supposed to say drink? She no. said community. community. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get the rules of this game right. Yeah. I just want my listeners to know that these are my homies, but they don't listen to the show. So this was the first time they heard about the community drinking game. Okay, so who am I here with? Bobby I. Bobby, you just told me something about your name. Uh, you want to elaborate on the I? Yeah, I, uh, Israel, right? It's yeah. like the country Israel, yeah. but it's Bobby Israel. So I'm a, basically a practologist. <laughs> 
very practical with uh, my assessment of things. Keep how, it real. I keep it real. How many times have you been coming to Burning Man? This is my eighth year. It's your eighth year. And in the time you've been coming to Burning Man, can you describe the growth and change of the community? Wow. Wow. That's, that's big. The community has grown tremendously in L.A. And for me, Burning Man is um, about bringing it back to L.A. And that's what I do. I actually have a business where I have built community houses in Venice Beach. And um, I have one community of 13, another with 29 in it. And I've done seven of these houses. And we kind of live Playa 365, um, in essence, just from having uh, multiple people in the same house. It builds community. What do you think about the community in Black Rock City? Well, I mean, there's, I know that Marcy has a different outlook than mine. I'm like, it's getting crowded and there's a lot of like fringe people here that I'm not really too interested in. I like our community and I'm not looking to convert the rest of the world into what we're doing. I want to hang out with people that I feel comfortable with and I, the music I feel comfortable with and the dress code and so forth and there's a lot more authorities. I was in a nightclub the other night, there were like cops like walking around like with their heads going from side to side looking for action, looking for customers. Plus we got a $125 ticket on our art car for not having it registered with the Department of Mutant Vehicles. Hey, rules are rules. Wait, who gave the citation? federal cop, a ranger. For not registering, the, so a fed gave a cop, uh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I didn't realize that was their jurisdiction. Oh, it, gave one, it, it was one of our kids. He was driving the car before we got a license and got a 125 buck ticket. It's a real deal. Which I think you could, uh, you could attest it because you are working on the artery and have permission to be on the, uh, on the playa for that reason. And, uh, you know, yeah, but could have tested, gonna... but you know what? He took the car. He All right. the responsibility. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Marcy. Marcy. Princess Marcy. Yeah. Princess Marcy. How many times have you been coming to Burning Man? Seven years. 99 was my first. Tell me about the growth and change in the, within the community. You know, it's uh, being from L.A., um, it's always challenging to get the uh, the downtown group to uh, commune with the west side group and uh, yeah. every year I, I've uh, chosen a different group to be with. Oh really? Yeah and uh, it's been interesting each time. Like I said it, it factions off every time you try to get everybody to come together but out here on the playa when uh, when you need something anything you know who to go to, and uh, you know your your community is there for you. You know you can just ask, and uh, you'll receive, and it's really cool. So does the playa provide, or the community provide, or is it something else? I think the playa is the canvas that the community paints that you are able to look at and get what you want from it. Well, you get what you put into it as well. I mean, we, we're, just to get up here, I mean, we rent big trucks and we pull other people's uh, rocket stoves up like Ray Serino's inventions. We are thrilled to participate and help Ray get his stuff up here. There's so many people in the community that we had to pull strings with to make this work this year. We, we have about 70 in our part of our camp. We're camping with 100 Canadians, the Cosmic Elves. 
and uh, they're wonderful and it's great. We're mixing this southern tribal energy with the northern tribes and it's it's uh, good juju. Good things come of it. Okay. So Marcy, you were talking about the LA community and being able to give a shout out. What about the Black Rock City community and the growth and change? Well, it's definitely grown by leaps and bounds and it's it's very interesting to uh, to see the mix of uh, foreigners yeah 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 and global community global yeah and uh, various ethnicities that are very you know they're now being present and participating they're starting to represent yeah, yeah. so uh, you know for, for me I, I make a light up costumes and clothing and it's always cool to uh, to have those virgins come and want to participate you know and every year it's somebody that uh, not necessarily white or or even an artist you know but they know what they need to do to be part of it so all right anything else before we wrap this up well wait um, wait wait how many times can we say community even you, um, I, you know, with your costuming and your persona and your the effort your former life that you put You've into the community, <laughs> we do this to create community and it's and to bring it back home. And I'm thrilled with what's going on here. I mean, I'm seeing more phenomenal, huge art installations, and we're standing at the temple right now, which is always a very special place, which won't be here in two days. Um, it's very ethereal. It's this magnificent building uh, architecture that they built. It's gone in one week. So, um, with that in mind, I mean, look where we are. We're in the middle of the playa. Watching some seahorses float by. This is all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. That was Bobby I and Marcy at the Temple of Forgiveness at Burning Man 2007. Let's flash forward now to just this past week when I speak to my friend Marvin at a visual effects studio in Los Angeles. Now Marvin and I often have great conversations about Burning Man and I could tell we were going to have another one. So I was so bummed when I didn't have my recording equipment with me. Or did I? As it turned out, I whipped out my iPhone and recorded this conversation with Marvin. Let's check it out. So I'm at a gig with a really good friend, and we're talking. Do you want to identify, or do you want to give a play name? Uh, no, Marvin is fine. Okay, Marvin. And we're talking about the phenomenon of what creates a jaded fuck. And you were saying... <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, you bring to the event. It's your own responsibility to, like, have fun at the event. And um, I guess what I was saying, I'm trying to remember exactly what I was saying earlier, is that... Last year wasn't that good. Last year wasn't that good, and I've gone for 10 years, and I think maybe my time is done. But yet, I consider my favorite years, first year, of course, for everyone, 2003 and 2006. I think people bring their own shit to the event, or there's stuff going on in their lives, and they're probably trying to recapture something, and you just can't recapture it. Sometimes, you know, if you get to that point, maybe it's time in life you just move on. I mean, you can't be in preschool forever. You got to continue growth, you know. So sometimes that's what happens with these events, is that we start pining for that good time, and maybe it's changed up, and maybe we're just not in the same place as we were before. And it's sort of what you bring to the event, really. It's like last year; I just wasn't there, you know. I was not in the right headspace for it. I was hoping the event would change me, and in fact, the only times I ever had fun is when I said I'm going to have fun. 
you know, fun. You made didn't, a decision. I made a decision to have okay. fun. The fun was not going to find me, mm-hmm. and that's usually how life is too. You really have to make your own life, and if you think that Burning Man is going to be your, you know, entire existence, then eventually that's going to falter too. It's about who you are and what you bring to the world. But isn't it worth saying that, okay, if, if it's been a decade that you or somebody's been going to Burning Man and the events change, isn't it fair to say that you, the individual, has changed in 10 years as well? I mean, Oh, definitely. There's no doubt. You know, I've definitely changed with it. I saw a change. I saw the big change happen in 2000 and was kind of, uh, about it. But then I grew with that change, you know, and then things just move on, you know. So what was your first year? 98. And what did you see happen in 2000? Between 98 and 2000, what happened? Well, it's kind of funny because I'm a huge fan of electronic music and dance music, but that's that's all it became. And I was just kind of like, well, it's a little bit too much of that. It just became a giant rave, something I would have probably loved in one way, but in another way, Burning Man was a bunch of other things altogether. So all of a sudden at night, it turned into a giant rave, and I was just like, oh, I'm not sure of that. But then I took a year off and came back, and I had a great time, and had a great time since then, give or take, you know, one or two years. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, and once again, 2004 was not a great year, but that's because I brought my own shit with it. Do you remember what you brought, or do you care to comment on where you were at in your headspace? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you think you're going to go this year? No. No? No. Do you think you'll ever go back? Probably. Who knows? I'm going to take this year off. Mm-hmm. Last year was not a great year, like I said, and, you know, I just need a break. And a little bit financially, too. Oh, sure. You know, but, uh, you know, I just don't feel like doing, almost not even not even financially, I almost don't feel like doing the hustle and bustle to, you know, get all that stuff together and do the drive and then come back and clean up and everything mm-hmm. and stuff, you know. I just want to kind of chill out this year, so I'm just going to take a year off. Do you think the week of Burning Man, you might have regrets? Of course. Yeah. It's a full moon, too. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. All right. It's so uh, definitely, there's like uh, the one year I didn't go in 2001. I remember looking up. It was a full moon that yeah. year. It was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I looked up in the sky and saw that full moon. And I'm like, damn it, they are just partying it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing instead? I don't know. Hmm. I'll probably be here working. Mm-hmm. Probably um, maybe take a t- day or two off around Labor Day. And um, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, uh, there was talk with a friend about going to Chicago. Not exactly around that time, but in August. I don't know. Okay, and do you have any advice for the Virgin Burner, somebody who's coming to Burning Man for the first time? <laughs> just don't bring in any impressions with you just let it happen because mm-hmm. I know I've had all these impressions of what ooh that, that's actually two things don't bring any impressions of what you think it might be but enjoy it for what it is and what you get out of it mm-hmm. now you're going to think about next year do not expect <laughs> next year to be like your first year yeah it will not be like your first year. Yeah. My second year, I was sorely disappointed because of certain elements that weren't there. And um, my experience sucked because of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody else was having fun, and I was all like, oh. oh yeah. Yeah. And do you have any advice for the jaded veteran burner? Find something else. <laughs> find something I'm not talking about even another event find out what you need to do with your life and go forward with it 
that's all I can say, really, you know. That's kind of like the position I'm in right now, but, you know, I think that's what it is with everybody, you know. Eventually, things are not what they used to be, you know. You can't be in the frat house forever. Which brings me to how we're having this conversation. You saw something I posted on my Facebook wall about, are we deluding ourselves? Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. The, uh, the thing is, I can't remember. The, well, you remember more about what it was the posting was about. Yeah, it was a thread on, face, uh, excuse me, on Tribe, and I was forwarding it onto Facebook about how, are we deluding ourselves? Is this just a big fucking rave in the middle of the desert, or is this a spiritual experience? Well, it's both, but I mean, in the end, you know, it comes down to what our prime wants and needs are. It's a big fucking rave in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> but let me go back, because now I want to go back to the other okay, thing. Okay. about the uh, Was it the jaded one? I think it was the jaded one, because I actually went to see what his actual post was about. Uh-huh. And he was pissed off because freaking... Adam Lambert, the runner-up oh, on yeah, let's talk about American that. Idol, yeah. was there. Well, yeah. you know. And got inspired to do American Idol because of an, a psychedelic experience he had with mushrooms. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot, you know, there's 50-plus thousand people there now. You know, there's, you know, there's going to be, extra, well, we're all extraordinary people, but there's going to be those people that are extraordinary there that just happen to be there. And if they go to something that some of us might, you know, look as being pretty, like, you know, idiotic and banal as, like, you know, American Idol, then, well, that's who they are. But, you know, <laughs> but you can't, like, cut down an event because somebody like that went to it. There's a lot of people like that that went to it. Yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite things is seeing like the one of one of the old couples that were like on the esplanade, uh-huh. and there was somebody going by with like a snow cone machine, <laughs> and they looked like they could have been in any kind of like park, you know, that they're about to close in, in any, any major city, right? Yeah. Or you know, or any like 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 Yosemite or somewhere, okay. you know, RV little thing set up, you know, they're in their, like, shorts and everything, and the wife goes to the husband, go over there and get me one of those cones, you know, and he gets up and starts going to, I'm like, you know, everybody's there, you know, they, you know, not everybody has to wear, like, you know, you know, a fur bra, you know, well, I'm kind of going into some of the other stuff, but... But don't you think people should participate? Well, no, yeah, people should participate, and I think they are participating. I think a lot of people are participating just by being there, and... Mm. Yeah, it'd be cool if everybody could, like, wear the Harlequin outfits, you know, but some people don't, but some people participate in other ways, yeah. too, you know. Not everybody that builds a camp, you know, who put all their effort in building their camp, now they, what, they got to go out and put on an outfit as well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or get naked and call it a costume. Naked is not a costume. Right, naked is not a costume, nor a shirt cocking. <laughs> Nothing screams like ew, <laughs> like shirt cocking and a camera. In fact, you know what? That is a costume in and of itself. There is a whole camp, camp shirt cock. <laughs> For those of you who may be listening, can you please tell our audience what a shirt cocker is? <laughs> a shirt cocker is like the pervy tourist that goes around <laughs> wearing sandals, probably with socks, <laughs> has no pants or underwear on, and wearing a shirt. No pants, no underwear, <laughs> and wearing a shirt. Usually about five foot ten and about two hundred and fifty pounds. 
asking girls in fur bras or topless to stand and take a picture <laughs> if they ask. They also will do body painting. Yeah, or massage or oil or anything, you know, or, you know, <laughs> anything to get close, you know. <laughs> Getting back to the, uh, the Lambert thing for just a second, what do you think uh, it's this relationship, the American Idol and the Burning Man uh, relationship of them two coming together. What do you think it's doing for? Well, you, well, I can't, I can't think of the words off the floor, But what do you think it's doing for American Idol? <laughs> They're gonna host the finale at the May. <laughs> you think? Oh, wouldn't that just rock? They're gonna change it all. And what do you think this relationship does for Burning Man? I don't know. Uh, didn't that one woman from Survivor come from Burning Man as well? Oh, yeah. First Survivor? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that have come through there. Jerry, so, yeah. so, you know, that's what I'm saying. With all with 50-plus thousand people out there, you don't know who's who and who's going to come from it. I ran, I've run into film actors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have said these people have been out there. People have said that. Wasn't it some year that they said Sting and his wife were out yeah. there at some point? You yeah. know, I'm not sure if that was true or not, but... You never knew who was out there. Actually, he was. Yeah. And, you know, Paul Oakenfold, you know, mm-hmm. drags his tired-ass DJ set all the time there. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. We love you, Paul. We do. We do. You do. I did like that one track off your last album, Set It Off, featuring Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> well, it's saying, like, two words. Sing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's in my head. Hmm. Here we go. Yo, Paul. Hey, Flash, what's up? Don't say you have, like, you know, Grandmaster Flash on your record and, or whoever. No, Africa Mabata on your oh, record. Oh, sure. And that's all he says is, yo, Paul. Yeah, true. <laughs> but anyway, you know, with 50,000 people, there's going to be somebody out there eventually that might make some kind of name for themselves in one way or another, whether they're, like, you know, launching themselves off of boats for Greenpeace and killing Japanese whalers or winning American Isle. So. What I guess I'm, my question is, do you think that's mainstreaming of the event? And if so, how do you feel about it? It's been mainstream for a number of years oh, already. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Because people think mainstream means, you know, they're sponsored by Coke or sponsored by MTV. I mean, come on. It's been on every other Discovery channel. There's been a special <laughs> of it. My mother watched a special of it in 1999. There was an hour-long special on cable in 1999 yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, it's not commercialized, but it's mainstream. I mean, come on. What was that TV show? Dharma and Greg? Didn't they mention it? It was on a Dharma and Greg. Yeah. It was on, uh, what's that other show, which was really Simpsons, funny. Uh, uh, something the, in the middle. Like, yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. That was hilarious, actually. Yeah. But um, so it's, it is mainstream. People fool themselves. And people fool themselves in thinking if something is mainstream that they can't enjoy it because everybody else is into it. That's how you, like, figure out what you need to, what you like to enjoy or not then. Well, you got a problem there because, you know, eventually everybody's going to know about something. Let's wrap this up. Do you have a fond memory of Burning Man that you'll always carry with you? <laughs> I have billions of them. The one that popped in my head is the first year I went, a friend of mine gave me a gigantic fat cap of a mushroom, and I was wandering around and <laughs> came across Camp Fonda, and they were showing Barbarella, and I thought it was the most amazing movie ever. But it made. is. It, now I know that. <laughs> I didn't know that as, as a science fiction fan. I didn't know that at 14 years old because my camp factor hadn't kicked in yet. And I saw this, and I was just like, oh, this looks horrible. But now, you know, 
<laughs> almost made a religion off of her, but anyway. <laughs> well, thank you very much. This has been great. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for this uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even say the word community. Drink! Drink! <laughs> You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit our website at www.burncast.tv. To contact us, please call 775-363-5861. If you enjoy Burncast, please support my art and expression by making a PayPal donation to burncast at gmail.com. Music in today's show is by Astronauti. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.